Before I introduce our guest preacher for the day, um, I want to just point out a couple of verses in the third letter that John wrote to the churches, Third John, um, a letter perhaps that we don't look at a whole lot, but the theme of the letter really is verse 4. John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. What does walking in the truth look like for this church that John is writing to, these churches, the churches of Asia Minor? Well, here's what he says, verse 5, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I simply draw our attention to that passage because supporting other churches and work that goes out to places that where the whole church can't go out is as, as old as the scriptures itself. That's what churches have always been doing. And so that's what we do here today as Mario will be coming to bring our message this morning. I want to, to introduce him here in a second, but we have a partnership with Mario and Kayla and with the church in Honduras, and we want to, we want to participate in what God is doing outside of this four walls right here, not only locally, but globally as well. Uh, Mario Barahona will be uh, preaching for us this morning. Mario and Kayla, his wife, they've been married for six years. Uh, also with them uh, this morning is Enzo De Luca, and Enzo is in the back there, just a friend who came along, and a friend of, uh, of our kids, and he made the journey as well. So if you've met Mario and Kayla but haven't met Enzo, you've got to go meet Enzo. Um, Mario is, um, is an associate pastor at, um, at the Iglesia Bautista Renacer in El Naranjal, Honduras, where he um, works a lot with discipleship, in particular discipleship amongst the young people of the church. Um, but he and Kayla are involved in, in quite a few other ministries, including a, a cookie ministry that goes around and helps uh, the surrounding villages, including the village of El Naranjal, to make sure children have the vitamins they need. And uh, we talked a little bit about that in the Bible study time prior to this, so I don't want to take the time to do that right now. But if you have questions about that, surely you can talk to, to Mario and Kayla. But they're also partnering with us in the Health Matters uh, Well Baby Clinics that we're doing in Honduras, as well as the mission trip that we hope to, to put together for this summer. Uh, Mario has, uh, I think, finished his first year in the seminary and is continuing to take seminary courses down there at our Baptist Seminary in Honduras. And... Um, he has been at the church there in El Naranjal for a few years. The church itself is about, the work is about 16 years old, but they constituted as a church about six years ago. Um, but Mario, I consider him a good friend and a like-minded brother. And so I just want to invite Mario to come and bring us God's word this morning. Good morning. It's a, it's a privilege and honor to be here this morning with you guys. I, while I was... Um, Singing the songs, I'm amazed how God brings his people together, right, from different areas, different countries, so we can worship him together. Thank you, Steve, for inviting me to preach, allow me, and give me this privilege. It's really an honor to be here. And during this week, I've been impressed of your kindness uh, to us. Uh, 
and um, you can share our, your culture with us. It's been an amazing week, and it's really good to finally meet you guys. Uh, Steve, tell you something about uh, me and Kayla and the ministry that we're doing right now. I, I would like you to, to get to, to meet me in a deeper way. I would like to share with you a memory that I have always on my mind. When I was a kid, uh, I was 10 years old. In Honduras, we have a tradition. Every Saturday morning, me and my family, we used to have coffee with bread. And during that time, me and my family, we always laughed, shared, talked about what happened during the week. It was really a good time. It was a good memory that is in my heart every day. And I'm sure you have good memories, too. But when you come back to those memories, and if I come back to that memory right now, if I close my eyes, I can, I can smell the coffee that my mom used to make for me when I was a kid. If I close my eyes, I can, I can taste the bread that my mom, my mom used to make for us, as you as well. If you close your eyes and you have good memories, you will, you will experience those things over again. So what happens when we remember things? We are remembered where we come from. It is a refreshing breeze to our soul. And it is also makes us examine ourselves. That's what a reminder does in ourselves. So this morning, I would like to share with you only two things. Actually, there are two questions that I would like to share with you. So there are two questions that we need to remember as a Christian. And we need to remember how great God has been with us. So, while we are answering those questions this morning, we, there are some things in our heart that we need to find. There are some things in our heart that we need to, to address. And there, there will be things in our hearts that we might need to change. While we answer those questions this morning, there will be just two questions. We will see where we are in, in our spiritual growth this morning. But first... What if we pray and let God lead us in what we share the word of God? Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful morning. Thank you, God, for bringing us here this morning. God, you, you will take honor and glory in this, during this time. God, please open our hearts and close our pride so we can listen to you to the, your word during this morning. Thank you, God, for this moment. I, God, uh, I ask you that you guide me during this time, and your name, your name will be glorified during this moment. Thank you, God. So before, I, before you open your Bible, I would like to give you a little, a little context where, where are, we are going to be. So you remember, Jesus, when, when he was with us in earth, we can divide his life, his life in three different times of period, three different periods of time. So one of them will be Jesus without ministry. The middle one will be Jesus in, in his ministry before his resurrection. And the other one will be the life of Jesus after, and his ministry after his resurrection. There will be like a three major um, periods of time of Jesus. So we, today we'll be focused on the period where after Jesus resurrected. So after Jesus resurrected, he appeared about 
at least 10 times in the Bible. For example, you remember when he appeared to Mary. You remember when he appeared to that 500 disciples. You remember when he appeared to Paul in the road to Damascus, Acts chapter 9. And you will, you, will, you will remember that he also appeared to the disciples, the one that he loves them. And he appeared to them three times. So we will be seeing today the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples. And interesting, every time that Jesus appeared to these uh, different kind of people, he had a purpose. So go with me to the final chapter of John. It will be in John 21. And this is, this is the final chapter of John. So if you go with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 21, the Holy Spirit is answering some questions. And we can see how the Holy Spirit, in this profound chapter, he tied loose end. And we can see in this chapter how the resurrected Christ is still loving his church. And his tender love has not decreased in any way to his disciples. So we'll read this passage. John 21, verse 1 through 9. And it says, <clears throat> After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, the son of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know what it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to hold it in because of the quantity of fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his other garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciple came into the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. Verse 9. When they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, with fish laid out on it and bread. If you see this scripture, this passage, we can see how that this, Jesus told tell them before, okay, wait for me in Galilee. I'll be there. But the disciples went and they went fishing. They, they went back to the old ways. They went back and they were trusting in his self-efforts. And Peter started this. Peter said, well, I'm going fishing. And the other one, they said, well, we will follow you. Peter was, Peter was the leader one. And then we can see how, how Jesus appeared, revealed himself to the disciples. And we can see how 
Jesus do this miracle. They didn't call anything all night. And he said, well, through this net into, to this side. And they caught, the Bible, Bible says, verse 10, they caught 153 large fish. So we can see this manifestation of God's, Jesus' power. And then after they caught the 153 fish, Jesus had something really special for them in verse 9. Jesus had a special breakfast for them. He had a charcoal fire. He had a fish and bread. They were, they were tired all night. They were fishing and they caught nothing. So Jesus in this passage is revealing to us his wonderful power. He's revealing to us how the disciples went back to the old ways and how the love of God is expressed in this beautiful and special breakfast. But I want you to look with me, and we will focus in verse 9. And it says, When they got on the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus had some two purposes in this fire and this breakfast. He wanted to show to the disciples that he will still continue to provide for them, even if he's gone right now. And this charcoal fire, in all this word, it only appears two times in the New Testament. This Greek word that represents this charcoal fire only appears two times in the New Testament. So this is one of them that this kind of fire appears in the Bible. So where is the other one? Go with me to John 18, 18. And it says, Now the servants and officers have made a charcoal fire because it was cold and they were standing and warming themselves. Look who, who is here. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The same Greek word is used only two times to describe this kind of fire. And in both cases, Peter was the main character. We can see it in chapter 21. And in, in the two cases, Jesus was part of that, that scenario. So in this case, Peter was deni Peter denied Jesus by the very first time. Remember, Jesus told him, you will deny me three times. And Peter said, no, Peter said, no, I will follow you. Peter said, I will die with you. I'll, I'll be where you are. But in the moment of truth, Peter denied him. And he was Peter in the charcoal fire, warming himself. And the whole chapter, 21 of John, it is about Jesus restoring his relationship with Peter. The whole chapter 21 is about the process that Jesus did to fix that broken relationship. So in other words, what Jesus was doing, he wanted Peter to remember what had happened. He wanted Peter to remember what he has done. 
And that's where the process starts to fix that broken relationship. He wanted Peter to remember what happened that night. That he failed. He wanted to remember that he failed. He was ashamed. He said, no, I don't know Jesus. He said to a servant, I don't know Jesus. Jesus brought up to his memory what he had done with this special fire. Remember, he had, he had a purpose in every time that Jesus appeared. But the whole chapter 21 of John, Jesus is fixing that relationship. He's seeking for Peter. He's looking for Peter. And the, and, and the other verses that comes forward, remember that Jesus told him, Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? So the whole chapter is about Jesus fixing that relationship, trying to restore the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter. He wanted Peter to examine himself so he can determine how, his, how is his relationship with Jesus. So that's the main purpose of that special fire. Jesus wants Peter to see how is his relationship with him. He's, he's, that fire is a reminder to Peter of how is his relationship with him. As a Christian, we cannot define our Christian life based on the relationship that we have in the church. We cannot define our Christian life by the relationship that we have with our co-workers, our relatives, our parents, our brothers. Our Christian life is defined by our relationship with Jesus. That's the most important relationship that, that, that we need to take care of. And that's the most important relationship that we can have while we are in this earth. So this is the question that we have to remember every day. As Jesus was doing this beautiful reminder to Peter, this is the question that we need to remind. remember. How is my relationship with Jesus? Is it broken? Do I need to restore my relationship with Jesus? And with that question, other question comes up. Am I walking in holiness? Am I following Christ? Let me, let me tell you a little bit about my testimony. When I was 13 years old, I was sitting in the church. It, it really wasn't a good building. It was, it was a little house. It was a two blocks away from my house. There were 13 people in the church that morning. I remember, I was 13 years old. I was sitting in, in the front bench. Five of the members in the church were, was part of my family. So it was a little church. So the pastor asked, well, is somebody here today that wants to receive Christ in his heart? So I was in the middle of my mother and my father. I remember exactly what clothes I was wearing. I was wearing a purple uh, sweater. I was, I was wearing a blue jeans. I was wearing uh, tennis shoes, uh, white tennis shoes, with orange uh, things on the sides. I remember exactly what happened. 
And, and when, when the pastor says, well, is somebody here that wants to give his life to Christ and wants to receive Christ? But at the moment, something happened on my, in, in, inside of me. I was feeling so guilty for what I was doing. And the pastor, he didn't preach about repentance or something like that. But I was feeling, I, I was feeling so guilty for what I was doing outside the church. So I gave my life to Christ. And Jesus opened my eyes. Jesus opened my heart. And he let me see things that I couldn't understand before. And that's how the amazing grace of God works in our life. He makes us see again. And I, I remember that moment when I received Christ as my Savior. I said, well, this, is, this is needs to be a, a strong relationship, relationship that I have to keep. So... Somewhere along the way, as Christians, that relationship comes apart. Problems, uh, many other things that happen in life, breaks that relationship with Jesus. But this is, this is what Jesus was trying to say to Peter. And this is the question. Is my relationship with Christ the same way as when I received him as my Lord and Savior. Is your relationship the same with Christ, the same way as when you receive him as your Lord and Savior? And if we do this question every day, we, we can examine ourselves, we can dig deep in our heart and see how we are in front of a holy God, in front of a merciful God, in front of the God that called you, in front of God that looked for you. So this is the question, first question. How is my relationship with Christ? So we are going to the second question this morning. But to address this second question, we need to... We, we need to Play, play our, as a judge right now. So if you see Peter's life, let's, let's judge Peter. Let's judge Peter's life. You remember he denied Jesus three times? And he said, Jesus, I, I will follow you. I'll be with you. And he, and he didn't. You know, many times in, in Peter's life, he was uh, outspoken. He was eager. He was angry. And some, many times, Peter reflected that his flesh was talking. And other times, his spiritual life was talking. And when Jesus called him Simon, it's because he was rebuking him. Because what he was doing wrong. And we called him Peter, and he called him the rock. He's putting something good on himself. So, did Peter deserve another change? Did Peter deserve that Jesus came and looked for him and seek for him and, and he restored that relationship? In our judgment, 
we can say, no, he didn't deserve one last chance. Remember that chapter 20 finished with the purpose of the whole book, but it didn't answer that question. What will happen with the relationship between Peter and Jesus? So this chapter is answering that question. It's answering that question based on God's mercy. Based on God's mercy. Because Peter, and to be honest, in our judgment, in our sinful judgment, judgment we have in, in our body, he didn't deserve a last chance. But this is the interesting thing. You and I, we didn't deserve one last chance. After we fall in sin, after sin came and lived into the world, we didn't deserve one last chance. But he, he comes the greatest thing, the great attribute of God. He is merciful, which one of us. So in this moment, he's seeking Peter. He's looking for Peter. He's trying to deal with Peter. He's trying to fix that broken relationship with Peter. I know we, we can say, well, how can I see God's grace? How can I see God's mercy? Well, you saw it when he saved you. You saw it when in John, John chapter 1 talks about when he sent his one and only son to die for us. That's to show mercy to us. And he showed mercy to us when he knew us before we got ever born. And he's still showing us his mercy because he can forgive our sins. He's able to forgive our sins. He's capable of forgiving our sins. Do you remember the time when, when, he, when he saved you? You were in the right moment, in the right place, with the right people. He opened your heart. He, he was merciful with you. We, don't, we didn't deserve that. I personally think that I didn't deserve one little piece of God's grace in my, in my heart. I didn't deserve because I was looking myself how bad I was when I was a teenager. And I didn't deserve what God did to me. So God is showing you his mercy until this day. What, go with me to John, first letter of John, John 1. First John 1, verse 9. And we, we all know this verse. It says, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to clean us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. No matter, no matter what we have done, no matter what things we have done against God, no matter if it's our relationship broken with God, with Jesus, in his mercy, he wants to, us to confess our sin and he will clean us. He went and looked for Peter so he, he can be clean. He went and looked for Peter so can he, that he can be restoring that relationship. 
he showed, Bible is clear, he showed himself. And I, I want to, that you remind this, the whole chapter is about Jesus dealing with Peter's heart. No matter if he denied him, no matter what was wrong in his character as, as you and me, no matter. God's grace, God's mercy is bigger than our sins. And thank you, thank you, God, because that's a great thing to remember in ourselves. So how, how, how does it look like to walk in God's mercy? How does it look to talk about God's mercy? We talk about God's mercy, but it's different really talked about it, that walk in it, God's mercy. Where it comes from, we have a lot of mountains. Yeah, and some of you have been there. We have mountains everywhere, really beautiful mountains. We have rainforests, many places where we are. So me and my friend, we were driving to hike uh, a mountain. I like to hike. I like to, to do some sports. So we were driving to, to one mountain. We said, well, we have to be in the top of that mountain this day. Okay, so we drive. And the whole way going to that mountain, we were looking that mountain. It seems pretty, pretty um, smaller, small from where we are. But while we were getting closer and closer and closer to that mountain, we stood up and we, we were in the bottom part of the mountain and we see how big the mountain is. So we say, well, okay, let's, let's walk. So we start, we start walking. By the end of that day, we were in the very, very top of that mountain. It took us like seven hours to get there. But once we, we were there, we start seeing how beautiful the valley was. We start seeing things in a different angle. We start seeing things in different perspective. Uh, it, that, that was amazing for us. It took us a long way, but it worth it. So when we walk in God's mercy, we can see things in a different way. His mercy show us how bad really were before he came to us. In his mercy, we can see his love towards us. And in his mercy, we can share with others what Jesus has done with us. That is how walk, walking in God's mercy works. So I would like to challenge you today to answer the second question. First question, remember, how is my relationship with Jesus? That's the most important relationship that, that we can have. Second question will be, why do I need to keep my relationship with Jesus pure? So this is, this is the second question. Why do I need to keep my relationship with Jesus pure, clean, Jesus went to seek Peter so he can restore that relationship, so he can be clean, so he can be pure, so he can be without that wall between him and Jesus. And we can see the life of Peter after that moment. After that moment, we can see it in Acts chapter, one, chapter 4, verse 9, and in Acts chapter 2 and 3, how Peter was preaching the gospel. 
We can see how passionate Peter was preaching the gospel on Pentecost. So we can see that. So why do I why do I need to keep my relationship with Jesus pure? Because he deserved servants that are clean, that can serve him without anything between them and Jesus. He deserves the better that we can we can do. He deserves Christians that are clean and they are ready to serve him. Can you imagine the life of Peter without Jesus restoring him? It would be it would be like a life with shame in his in his back. It would be like a Peter having a wall between him and Jesus. But now that he restored, that Jesus restored his relationship with him, he is passionate. He has passion to go and preach the gospel. He was so passionate that he died for the gospel. He died for the gospel, upside down in a cross. So we need to keep our relationship with Jesus clean because he deserved it. And that he can be glorified on us. So when the people see us, people will say, well, he's different. He is living in holiness. He's living a part of this world. And he's different. And we can, we can give glory to God. So at this moment, there are just two questions that you need to answer yourself. You need to dig down in your heart. How is your relationship with Jesus? Am I having my prayer time? And second question, why do I need to keep my relationship pure? Why do I need to live in holiness in front of a holy God? Because that's glorified God. So this moment, thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, sharing with, with you. I hope we have all these questions all the time. How is my relationship with Jesus? How is my relationship with Jesus? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your example. Thank you, Lord, because the Holy Spirit put Peter's life in John 21. So we can see how merciful you are with us, with Peter. So we can see how you bring reminder to our life and how you want to restore our, our relationship with you. Jesus, if we have failed, forgive our sins and make us go and serve you as you want us to serve you with a clean and pure heart. Thank you, Lord, for this great day, and thank you for allowing us to worship you together at this moment. So thank you, Lord. Amen.